day and welcome to another episode of the Bilu Business Podcast. Uh, with me today, I've got Taban Pala, who's a brand strategist, social entrepreneur. Uh, he's also a host of a show similar to this one, but not as good as this one. Uh, it's actually quite a lot of things. I don't know which ones you paid me to say. Which other one did you pay me to say, Taban? Oh, wow. <laughs> A lot of things, man. I, I do a lot of things. But I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm an all-rounder, uh, yes. as people like to say. Um, I do a lot of things. But yeah, um, yeah. I think we'll, you'll know more about me in, yes. in this podcast. Yeah. But yeah, this one is not better than Amitran's show. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, uh, Leon, for for having me. Yeah. Yes. So uh, before we get in and we start talking about uh, the businesses that you've done and what you do. Who is Kavangpala? Where does it come from? Just give us a little bit of background on yourself. Ooh, very, very interesting. I hardly get those questions. But anyway, it's, it's, it's really good to be on the other side uh, for a change because I'm always on the other side asking people questions. Yes. Um, and it feels weird. <laughs> but my, my name is Tabang uh, Pala. Um, I was previously known as Tabang Ramorok. And then some people are like, hey, were you married? <laughs> Why did you just send him to Pala? Yes. But you know, um, I'm an African man, and um, as as an African, I believe in in you know traditional customs and and also you know understanding your ancestors and and, and, mm. and actually finding your lineage and your family as 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 people. Um, and it's quite important to this um, uh, this story that I share with you because it, it ties into. Um, the person that you see as an entrepreneur and um, because I then learned about my other side of the family which is from my father's side which where I took the Talon Pala, the Pala from and I found out that that family actually was more entrepreneurial and I, I, I actually didn't understand because being in the Ramuroka family they were just academics you know people who yes. just went to school, excel in school, some of them they work in Stellenbank, they work in all these different um, big institutions but I didn't understand why I had to choose the um, entrepreneurship road um, until I, I really I found myself as, as, a, as a partner. But I was born and raised in Limpopo, um, in a small village not far from the border of Botswana um, called Ramatala. Um, in Ramatala there's a smaller village there called Mamkhodi. Um, so it's not really far from the um, what we call Eden where the cradle of human kind comes from, but the you know the Mapungulia area, national park that side. So I come from there and I was born and raised in, in, in that area but um, quickly then moved in nineteen ninety seven I moved in so you can tell you with my age actually. Um well, then doing grade three at that time and I moved into uh Houteng, the, 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 the place of gold. Um, I lived in in um Sochanguve, um, a township called Sochanguve uh, in Gauteng and yeah I lived with my aunt. From there I went to Sochanguve. Sochanguve that's where I practically did my schooling, mm. all my schooling. I did my primary schooling from grade 4 all the way until I finished my matric and I did also uh, my varsity in social movie. So I'm a mm -hmm. social boy. So I'm a social So I speak the language. So um, yeah, basically that's, that's, that's about me. I did my primary schooling there, Sengobile Primary School, and then from there went to Tudong Secondary, and from there I went to Social Movie High, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I studied Social I, I studied Social Movie High, did my sciences then. You know, um, yeah, now I'm speaking, I'm like, it's just like a meal, I'm watching a movie, <laughs> yes. but, um, but, but, but really, um, I, I, I lived all my life in Pretoria and I still reside in Pretoria. I have, um, you know, um, I've got two houses in Pretoria, so that's, I, that's how much I love Pretoria. Yeah. Um, thinking of going back home next year, Hamata. um, not Hamatala per se, but, uh, Beggar's Fort from my father's side. In Raskukun, Raskukun, um, and I encourage people to actually read up on the history of Raskukun, not the one where they say for all like potato, like you're killed by. Uh, what is what is this sweet uh, potato? Sweet potato. Yeah. <laughs> but the real story yes. of Raskukun, and you you really love it um, and understand what 
really transpired. But um, yeah, I am. I'm just. A, I was just a normal kid from a previously disadvantaged community that, like, just like many of us in the country, mm. um, lived in the townships, and in those townships, you know, that's where I was raised. I was raised in a, a very strong Christian background, Christian family. Uh, my aunts, all my aunts in Sudan they were Christian. Even my uncle was actually a pastor. So even in high school, so I had to go to church and I was a, a, a you know back then we call them keyboardist mm -hmm. <laughs> but now it was a pianist actually later we realized that usually you're a pianist mm -hmm. um yeah so I, I I have a a strong Christian background I was taught to you know love people respect people and um, honor my word mm -hmm. and and be a good citizen um not a citizen of heaven but a citizen mm -hmm. of, of earth and, and really be communal with people and, and learn on how to respect people and have, um, you know, share with people. And, and those are the values that you find in Christianity. And some people like to spiritualize a lot of these elements about Christianity, whereas they're very, very practical and very simple. That the teachings of Christianity are the ones that really group me to become the man that I am today. And I think when people look at, it, look at, look at me from now, they, they don't actually understand where I come from and the teachings that I, I received from very you know tender age really, really molded me to become the person that I am, the character that I am. And when you see the business person that is doing a whole lot of things, the media person that is doing all those things, um, there's a grounding, there's a, there's a foundation mm -hmm. behind it. And, and that foundation is found in the teachings of uh, Christianity and it's, it's a Although we can have like really religious and political discussions right now, philosophical discussions around if Christianity was meant to suppress people or whatever, but we have seen the great side of, of Christianity mm. and that has made us or molded us to become who we are. I don't know why I'm talking about Christianity, but <laughs> it's quite an important aspect of my life which I feel that it shouldn't be left out of. Um, maybe if I pass on two years from now, people look at these archives and realize that surely this is how this person lived. So, it's, um, yeah, I was raised by um, you know, a family that really believes in God and believes in um, taking pe uh, children to church and teaching them um, um, the great principles of living with people and, and you know, sharing and being communal and everything. That's what the teachings that I got. And um, in my primary you know, schooling, that's when I was introduced to um, you know, entrepreneurship, and I didn't understand that actually it was in me, yeah. but it was really, um, you know, ignited through um, what my aunt, you know, the big aunt, you know, Mamukholoaka, Mamukholopolina, who who really taught me on how to become an entrepreneur. How? Yeah, it's a interesting story. So during um, um, school holidays in, in mm. winter you know when you have those breaks in between uh, your academic year so we would go out and sell maguim which mm. is uh, fed cooks or you know fed cakes i don't know you guys what you call mm. them in your language um Maguinya, you know they are quite big in our townships you know mm. um, and people love you know the baby Maguinya, you know they love them so much they mix them with Acha and um, have them with mafali. Mafali is like a small Russian, not mm. Russians, French palonies, yeah. Thing. Mm. And um, I, I used to go out with my aunt and um, to go and sell Maguinya. She taught me on how to do that. Uh, I think mm. back then Maguinya was like 50 cents, I think one. Mm. And we'd go to knock at every door that we could find next door, our neighbors, everywhere in our communities, and sell Maguinya. Fat cakes, you know, in the morning, very, very cold. So we wake up you know, five o'clock in the morning, and then you find that my my aunt has already uh, baked them, and I need to go and take a twenty liter bucket mm. uh, full of maguena and go and sell. If if you know they're not finished, I'd finish around eight o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, that's when I know that I've done my first load of twenty liters. Sometimes they want more, then I'll go and fetch a ten liter or five liter uh, bucket. And we go and sell Maguinya. And that's when I learned actually entrepreneurship, you know, knocking on people's doors, learning on how to actually sell. Mm. 
yes. you know, the art of selling, you know, finding and, and facing rejection, mm. you know, some of those things that I was taught from a very tender age, I mean, that's, that's something that, I, you know, I never, on a later stage of my life, I never really recognized, but now I'm like, yeah, actually, this is where it actually started, where I learned on how to deal with rejection when people say that hey, I give up or some of them they act like they they are not in at home, you know. <laughs> they lock their dogs. Yes. Also, you know, or then you you bump into a dog yes. <laughs> chasing you, you know. Mm. And and I think that's why my journey of entrepreneurship really started when I was in uh, primary and secondary. Uh, but my high school then I really didn't do much of um, that because I lived with another aunt. Mm. But now the interesting thing about that part when I was doing my, my high schooling from grade 10 until grade 12 was that um, on the other side of, of social movements, block FF, um, now there, there used to be a time where, um, you know, ladies loved to sing to uh, R. Kelly songs or, mm. you know, Mariah Kelly songs and all those people, you know, we belong together songs, mm. you know, yes. um, they would have song books. You know, mm. write some books, some write, write lyrics, and then sing them, and then sometimes they would have yes. to compose uh, love letters. I don't know, I come from that generation, guys. No. Where we used to write Those were our days. Those were the real days, not this yeah. one. This one's a fake kind yeah. <laughs> We're living in a scam generation now. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. But, but, you know, at that time, you know, we used to have, uh, um, you know, ladies writing lyrics on those song, song books, you know, 72 pages yeah. books, you know. To choir. Yeah, to choir. <laughs> you know, the one where you have to actually play the song, stop it off time, so after after that, five seconds, and write, yeah, and rewind. Again, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the time, those were the times. And I actually started learning on how to really, you know, rewind with cassettes. Yes. You know, the first cassette that I had was uh, uh, um, Black or White by Michael Dixon. Mm. Uh, that one was, was yeah. like, yo, that was, I used to sing to every song. Mm. Of, of you know Michael Jackson, I loved Michael Jackson at the time, and I don't even remember where I got that cassette from. It was very original, you know, because you know there was a time where you could really um, replicate the um, the cassette and make your own copy and stuff oh, like that. Yes. But I had an original Michael Jackson; it was mm -hmm. quite awesome. But that, that generation now, you had those ladies who used to write. Uh, lyrics on 72 pages or two choirs mm -hmm. um, and decorate them nicely sometimes they then during valentine they would then write lyrics from those songs and then <laughs> you know uh, and then they do cuts you know um, and then send them to their boyfriends and whatever and I saw a problem there okay. and most of our ladies they they don't really know English, <laughs> you know. And, okay. You know, I was I was quite fluent in English, and I, um, I was I was quite a good student. Um, I was an A student, um, so English was one of those that gave me a lot of awards anyway. Mm -hmm. So even competitions, I would really nail it. Um, and I saw a problem that ah, this ones they don't know how to speak English, man. They can't, can't even write English. So I need to find a solution around this thing. I hear what these people are saying. You can't just say, you have to say, you have to, you have to really sing what Asha is saying. You know, you need to listen to the lyrics and, and understand what Asha is saying. You know, you got it bad. You know, you don't, don't mix your own yeah. words there. Um, and I, I then found a, a way, a strategy around this thing that, look, I also don't want to be listening to this records and start writing them. Mm -hmm. Let me find a way around this thing. And that's why like when, when the internet was coming through in, mm -hmm. in our country, you know, when we started mm -hmm. having internet. Fortunately, my sister was working for a security company. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And now on weekends, I'd go with her to work, you know, mm -hmm. just to learn and whatever. So I had my first, you know, take a boy child to work oh, <laughs> on, yes. on weekends, you know. Yeah. And my sister was working there and um, I would sit on the computer and you know, she does other things. And then I would search for lyrics mm. of, of those songs, you mm. know, um, Burn, uh, you know, Asha, mm. all those those double lyrics, you know, Marikin, uh, we belong together, yes. all those type, voice, voice to men, you know, Black, Black Streets, you know, all those yes. guys, man, yo, 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 we come from a very beautiful generation that time. And I would, I would take those lyrics, mm -hmm. put them in a Word document. 
back then I think we used to have word art or something like yes. that. Yes. Uh, before we had the one with people used to do the curriculum vita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one with those you know funny fonts going this yes. way and whatnot. Yeah, that was a, and we used to have that thing. It was reach art. There was a program called reach art, and I would copy those things and put them there from the internet and mm. I put them on that and then I would put them in different pages mm. and then print, mm. right? So I'd use those resources from AT security company. Yeah. It was in Mabubani at that time. And on Monday, mm. I'm, I'm there with mm. lyrics. Mm. Ten round, mm. one page, two pages, twenty round. So the whole song? The whole mm -hmm. song. If the song is long, then you're going to pay, you know, two pages, three pages. And surprisingly, women, like ladies that time, I mean, mm. they would buy. They would mm. buy those, those lyrics. Ten rand, Baba. Mm. I was even a DJ, you know, at some yes. point, you know, uh, DJ with uh, uh, what is this auto mix? Yes. There's auto mix and there's virtual DJ. Yes. You know, yes. I, I, I come from that generation where we used to DJ with computers and mm. we cue in songs nicely and mm. everything. I was, I was, I was good, guys. Um, but, but then when I got to varsity, it has a different environment. Things know? were changing back then. Yeah, things now are starting to change. And I mean, I mean, the in the early two thousands now, you have um, TUT after merging um, with you know the different technical and it was technical, yeah. technical what 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 yeah. that they merged into the teachers, one. Teachers, yeah. Yeah, they merged into one. It became TUT, and then we were the you know the cohort that caught up with that merger. And now I was. Um, in love with music so much, so yeah. I wanted to study like sound, music, and also I wanted to, to do IT. So I was caught in between mm. a lot of things, but also my grades were quite good for anything anyway. Mm. So, um, um, so I, 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 I told myself that you know what, I'm gonna still do music and I'm still gonna do IT. And so how did your family take that when you told them you want to study music? Did you tell them you want to study music? I did tell them that I wanted to start music because they didn't knew because I was already playing uh, piano. Church, yes. So I was playing at church, you know, I was playing at crusades. And, and as an African parent, how did they take that? It was quite um, something else. I was like, yeah, music, I was like, I mean, mm. you know, but, but, but the, uh, I had good supportive parents apart from my aunt. My aunt was very strict, you know, but, um, but my, my mom and my dad were very supportive in anything that I wanted to do. Like, whatever you want to do, we'll support you. And I think I, I'm very grateful to have such parents who were okay with anything that I wanted to do because I think my dad really believed in that, you know, so much. And, and I'm, I'm a product of my dad. My dad left his job, well-paying job as a manager mm -hmm. of um, a biggest hotel in the country. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he had shares in Moropa Casino before Moropa casino before it was even established mm. he had shares in them he still has shares now gets dividends every month even today mm. um and went home and built his house and he stopped working and then he did he opened a bakery mm. you know and, and that's that's those, like those some of the things and i'll share a bit of my father's side you know which you learn a lot about entrepreneurship as well um but now getting into varsity now i wanted to do it or music or both of them at the same time yeah i took that risk so entered in 2007 where we had um the biggest strike tt has ever had there was a guy who was very rowdy and very troublesome called small i'll never forget yeah yeah <laughs> small really messed up our curriculum yes. you know and, and and there was a time it was a time of uh engine set i think um i think yeah she, she was uh, no 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 not angie who's this nanaki pando um, who was the minister of higher education yes, at the time? Yeah. We didn't have higher education; it was just education. Mm -hmm. For the way divided into two, and um, in the morning, I'd attend classes for IT at TUT. Mm -hmm. In the afternoon, three PM, I was attending at UNISA. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you actually did both at once? Okay. At once. So Monday to Friday, mm -hmm. I was doing that. So I was doing grade one music. Um, I learned about Mozart, I learned, I did grade one, and I learned how to write music and mm. uh, do all that. Um, uh, but my journey was cut short. I had to cut out um, music because of the strike that was taking place at oh. TUT. So now our schedule was affected. Now we leave school at 6 o'clock in the evening mm. because now that 
sometimes the tables were now switched because of that strike. Mm. So I think some of the things that you see that are happening in institutions of higher learning that actually these things are actually they are actually they're not really worth it. You know, they affect a lot and some 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 students, you know, they really don't they really need help, you know, from lecturers and need help from whatever. So it's quite difficult, especially coming from high school and now you are hit by a strike. <laughs> yeah, so I think the, 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 the thing of strikes in, in, in schools, and, and that's why they always say that if you, if you want a real strike, you must go to TOT. Mm. You know, that's where you're really going to get something out. Yes. No, don't go to the VT ones mm. and tax uh, ones. Those ones yes. won't get you anything. I heard the TOT, if there's no strike, they strike that there is no strike. Yeah, yeah. If there's no strike, <laughs> that there is no strike. <laughs> So, yeah, man, so I think that thing affected my, my studies in terms of, you know, now prioritizing which one is really important and I took IT. Um, so I did, you know, IT programming and my first year. Mm -hmm. And yeah, look, I mean, I did. Um, um, after my first year, then I was, I was a bright student. I've always been a bright student. Getting into my second year, I mean, that's when I... You know, I was majoring now in programming, I was doing web and application development. Yeah. Um, and I made friends and some of the friends were not really that smart. <laughs> and I had to help them. Yes. <laughs> and in helping them, some of them, they rewarded me. So <laughs> you can call it whatever. Yes. So some of them, I helped them with assignments. And mm. um, the highest I got paid to help <laughs> you know a student was four thousand on yeah. a system to develop a system or oh, is that the final year system mm -hmm. where you have to do a prototype yeah you have to do a prototype of the yeah yes. then of that system that you have developed and i would code it in php css and html and all these different languages sometimes i'll do it in c sharp depending on which language i want to play with and yeah so uh for those who don't know those are the languages for it yes so um and um, I helped a lot of them. Some of them, like, I had a flat rate, you know, mm -hmm. like 2.5. Mm -hmm. So if you want a system, 2.5. And people knew where to find me. They, I don't know. Like, they know, like, yeah, there's a guy who can help you. Mm -hmm. You will pass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes. So one of the uh, uh, adjudicators um, who was, you know, looking into these people's systems, noticed something very similar about the systems, like, why are the other people getting high marks now? They're getting 100, some of them 97. Mm. What is really happening? And these people have been failing. And they've been failing, you yes. know, in class they're not really doing well. Who's behind this thing and whatnot? And that's when I met a good friend called Misho. You know, uh, Misho Ngobeni. And he, shout out to this guy who's, who's leading one of the biggest um, organizations on, you know, developers in the country called Geek Culture. Uh, Misho, you know, approached me like, you know, Rams, I think, I think you're the one. I'm like, what do you mean I'm the one? I think you're the one who's been doing these systems for people. Why are they passing you? Like, like, oh, and, 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 and I bumped into him outside because um, I was not sure of that other student that she's going to present properly. So I had to guide her before she goes into the, mm. to the room to get, yes. you know, uh, assessed. Ish, yeah. So then I'm like, hmm. Well, no, you're the one who's busy, busy doing this system. So, and I laughed about it, and that's where our friendship actually started. Mm. And we've been buddies for for you know for a very long time now. And I've, I've you know worked with him at the innovation hub, and you know you worked with me with uh, uh, product, uh, the, the project that I had with Standard Bank. You know, mm. so that's where you know we we grew in that space. So, look, I mean, I was an entrepreneur. Dude, I, I made money when yes. I was in varsity. So I've been an entrepreneur. Um, this is in me. This is in me. So I've, 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 I've always been an entrepreneur. But I mean, before leaving varsity, and I was already taken, uh, before I could even finish my studies, I was already taken to do an internship before mm -hmm. I could even finish. Um, because of being a bright student, fine. But I was then employed in a company called For Anything Marketing. Mm. And, and and that's when I learned the bigger world of things, mm. that the industry now. But you didn't stay there 
for well, a long time. Yeah, I didn't mm. stay there for a long time. So I, what made you decide to go into entrepreneurship? Because yeah. because I think you've only you only worked there for six months, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Then you after that you've never had a job. You've never worked for anyone since then. Yeah. So what made you do that? What made you not go the nine to five route? I mean, both mm. your parents grew up doing nine to five. Mm. Why did you go like? Uh, I think maybe this was before your father actually uh, resigned, right? Yes, yes, yes. This was before he retired, I think is the word. Sure, sure. So, sure. even if your father hadn't done that, he had went the 9 to 5. So, mm. why did you decide that, you know what, I'm not going to go the 9 to 5? <laughs> it's craziness. But, 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 the, but the, really, the real story is that, and, and, and hence I started with my spirituality because it's quite an important um, aspect of my life. When 2009, I had established an organization called Agape Youth Movement yeah. with a friend of mine called uh, Josephine Bila. And we got other people to join in. Then we, when we registered, we were eight. Yeah. That organization today, as we speak, it exists in all the provinces and it does work in the training, development, and education space. Yeah. It, partners with United Nations, it works with United Nations, it gets funding from all these big organizations in Germany and other mm. areas. And I had an agreement with God. Mm. I had a contract with God that I'm going to be in this organization to revive it because it was dying in 2012. Mm. I was going to revive after I done my internship for six months. Mm. Um, I told my boss that look I this is not for me. I want to um, pursue my passion of developing people. Mm. I have an organization. Number two I want to do my own thing. Mm. I want to run my own company. Um, he thought it was stupid, stupid decision because I was still new and I was doing great. I was a first really black, young. I was young, I was first black com black person in the company. It was gonna be, I'm gonna be like a top IT guy in the country or even in Africa or something. Like that. He was, but I was not for that. I was hell bent on my contract that I have with God. God said, I'll take care of you. You won't have anything to worry about in terms of eating and everything. Mm. If you take care of the stuff that I want you to take care of. Mm. That was 2012. Now the organization is already three years in, 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 in existence. But it was dying because a lot of my peers, because we were in the same age, mm. they were going to other provinces, starting mm. to work and whatnot. Even Leon left us because <laughs> <laughs> he was part of the organization at some point. And some of them went to work, they did their things, and it's, it's well and great. I mean, it's good. That's what we wanted. We want young people to progress. Yes. We don't, we can't, we can't keep young people in the organization and pay them anything. Yes. And, and, and God said, look, I'm going to fund your company, your family company is going to fund the organization. Mm. Like, what the hell? What do you mean? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I'm just a web developer. I know nothing about running a company and stuff like that. I mean, mm. But God proved it with the first client mm -hmm. that I'm going to make your company great. And my first client was Fred Iboka. Who that? Forever. <laughs> Who's that? Ah, great question. Fred Iboka is one of the best fashion designers in the world. Mm -hmm. He did the Cape Town fashion um, show. Um, he dresses uh, Chris Brown. He used to dress Miriam Makeba. He used to dress. He mm. used to dress Seal. I mean, this big, big, big people. Mm. So just check Freddie Baker on the internet. You'll really see who. That's yes, my first time. Just for our young audience, uh, Seal is not an animal. It's actually an artist. It's an artist. <laughs> uh, artist yes. from the UK. <laughs> yes, just for the young audience. Yes. <laughs> He's a black uh, UK artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know, and that, that for me was was huge. I didn't know the guy before the meeting um, until I, I met him because my then lecturer then said to me, "Look, I want you to meet my uncle who needs a website. I yeah. can't do the website. You, you, you can." Oh, that's how you actually met him. Yeah, that's how. Okay, because I was actually 
asking myself, how did you advertise it? Yeah, because I didn't advertise anything. I didn't have a name for my company by then. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't even know what is an invoice or a quotation for that matter. Okay. Uh, but, but quite interesting is that now my, um, my, my, my lecturer trusted me with his uncle's big brand, like mm. Iboka Designs. Mm. And I didn't know this uncle. Sure. Hey, it was just something else. I mean, I went to the house in Brooklyn, mm. met with this guy, it has a pool up there, you know, it was and glamour here. And this is like way, way, way years ago, yes. guys. Um, but, um, but that guy, you know, told me like, look, look, I believe that you can do this, do this, I did the website. Okay. Uh, uh, as this was your first client, mm. uh, I'm just thinking of a funny scenario in my head mm. where he gives you the spec of what he wants. He tells you he wants this big website, yeah. he should yeah. have this and this, yeah. and he asks you how much. And because, <laughs> you, and because this is your first client, in my head I'm thinking just like, I'm like five, three, five, 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 five hundred bucks. So that's what I'm thinking in my head. I you go five hundred. Ah, guys, yeah. I charged him one point two, yes. which is still little. Was too little for the work that I did. Yes. I mean, I was like, I was happy, I was excited. But I mean, if you get that one point two, you don't know what to do yes. with it. Like at that time, around town biggest time, you know, yes. you know, money was still money. You yes. know, no, is that money? So, so, so what I was thinking in my head was actually what happened. You charged exactly. too little. That's, that's, I think that's a journey of many entrepreneurs. Guess, yes. Who really don't know how to code and do whatever. We've never taught those things, you know. Yes. And you haven't actually worked for anyone. Sure. I'm guessing at this point you you don't even know what other people are charging out there, as well. Interesting. You know, because the only time I found an you know an invoice or quotation was when I was doing my internship mm. on on my project manager's desk. Mm. It was charging. Um, we were building some component of African Bank website mm. at one point two million. Mm. And here you are charging 1.2 million. At that time I was getting 5,000. I was getting 5,000 intern, yes. intern money. Yes. And hey, I was like, I was disturbed in my spirit. I was like, ah, guys, what is that? Is that something that actually made you want to go into entrepreneurship not as well? Really, to say, but it's a trigger. I want the whole. Yeah, but I don't think it was not really a trigger. The biggest trigger was really my passion for development and developing other people, mm. which was my contract with God. And, and really, I went into that space of NGOs, mm. you know, the, you know, developing other, you know, young people, you know. And what exactly does uh, the organization do, Agape Youth Movement? Well, I mean, back in the days, it, it was doing everything. It was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it was everywhere, yes. you know, but right now, its focus is really on education development in the country, because we believe that if you don't fix education, you can't get anything right. And so it's within the education space, um, it deals with leadership and morality and ethics in, in, in schools. So there's things that you are seeing a lot of kids now beating each other, beating uh, uh, educators now smoking and stuff. So smoking, hey, something of them smoking weed, in, that's something, I don't know, like the whole class smoking mm. weed. I mean, those are things that we are. Um, you know, trying to deal with them, and, and I'm, I'm saying we are as if I'm still with the organization, you know, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there. Are you not with the organization? No, 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 I, I had my contract ended. Oh, God. So my contract ended in 2019. Mm. So it started 2009 and 2019 it ended. Uh, my contract with God and 10 years of my life I spent um, without getting income from the organization, without getting anything. Mm. And I worked literally um, for the organization to build it to be where it is today. Yeah. And the connections, the networks, the media, everything, you know. Um, but God was very faithful to bring people like yourself as well, Leon, yeah. um, and you know, bring Botseze, Mutabang, all these great people, young people that we have met throughout the journey, you know. Then, yeah. um, look, man, um, the organization is, is really destined for great things in this country, it's, it's really doing some impactful programs, yeah. and you'll see a, a different breed of young people um, mm. in the coming years, young leaders who are going to be leading this country. Mm. Um, we, I think if I can go into the session, I can really tell who's going to be the next president in 2050. I, I mm. can literally tell from there because the way they are articulating themselves, the way they see their country, mm. the way they see the development of other people in this country. Who's the biggest looter there? 
Hey, that's why already we are removing them already. But but yeah, that's what the organization does. But I mean, um, it has really opened opened so much doors for me as as a, as a business person as well. I was able to meet a lot of big names in the country. If I name drop, you guys will cry. So it really exposed me to a lot of you know business opportunities and also because like I all like I always say that you are, if you're faithful to your you know covenant or your promise or your contract, mm-hmm. you know it will yield benefits. You know, so I was faithful to my contract with God. And really, God pull through, guys. Um, pull through. Uh, most of my, you know, success started after twenty nineteen. The biggest, some of the biggest things that I've uh, yeah. achieved. Of course, I mean, in my journey of being an entrepreneur, I mean, I grew. I started opening offices and having staff, and you know, it was, it was quite an odd thing. You know, paying people like mm. you know, starting like oh, actually people are on my payroll. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. actually my boss. Wow. You know. So uh, <laughs> just before we go further, mm-hmm. uh, so with uh, you being a Christian, sure. being an entrepreneur mm. at the same time, sure. Have there been any instances where you had to do something against your faith for business? Look, there's been temptations, and I think maybe that's why I I I haven't been quite big, big, big entrepreneur or a big business person. Because mm. somebody told me something that you know, in business, you really have to lose your morals, and mm. and I think so, I think maybe there's some of the things that, like I, I don't agree with such things, you know. Mm. Um, there's been temptations. There's been some instances where people really want to lure you to do some things that are really illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the what do you call these things? <laughs> Nando's brown uh, envelope, envelopes and bags. Yes. You know, um, meet nice things, go there and meet and give this comrade money and like I, you know, this those things, those things are really far from my faith. You know, um, mm-hmm. and the values that my faith teaches. You know, mm-hmm. the Christian faith teaches um, such things that you shouldn't be mixing yourself in such things and um, so it, it like in business it has been quite tough because some of the business, big business deals that I've missed mm. is as a result of my faith. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just a bit of topic as well, would you mm. open a tavern? Yeah, I would open a tavern. Okay, so you don't um, see a conflict with that? No, there's no conflict with, um, you see there's a, there's a there's a notion in society that mm. Christian people are not supposed to be drinking. Mm. And or Christian people aren't supposed to be owning alcoholic, uh, whatever. But you know, I mean, the first miracle that Jesus Christ performed was of alcohol mm. <laughs> at a wedding. <laughs> he was grooving at a wedding. <laughs> so I think you know some of these are very far off. I mean, in the Bible, you find it saying that you must have a little bit of wine for digestion purposes. Mm. So wine is really not for. Uh, making you a mocker. It's not supposed to be making you a, a dumb person. Mm. It's supposed to help with digestion and to also help when you are celebrating. Mm. Um, one of my favorite scriptures is Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 11. It says mm. that um, wine and parties are there for celebrations and stuff. Mm. And it, say, it continues to say that money is the answer for everything. Mm. In one one scripture, it speaks about two, three things, you mm. know, party, wine, and money, you know. You know just, just to put it out there, uh, this is uh, just a disclaimer first, this is not a gospel channel, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tavangi is turning it into it. People have this, uh, they say money is the root of all evil, it's actually the love of money. The love of money there. Yes, I just ah. want to put that out there because yeah. a lot of people actually could use that. <laughs> if I were to become very controversial, you know, I would say that that scripture was really written for for Africans so that they don't make money. <laughs> and I, and that's, let's not go there. Yes. yes. But but the purpose of that is is that I can open a tavern as a mm. Christian because I believe that it's a it's a commercial activity mm. between people who want to get. Um, you know something that's going to ease the tension and and and, and have fun with it and whatever, mm-hmm. but not overdo. I think if if I were to find um, in, in my tavern, mm-hmm. 
you know, find people who are getting drunk here. I see that they're going to get drunk and they're going to start making noise here. Mm -hmm. Then I can stop them and not serve them and whatnot. I think that will be me putting measures to then say, look, we need to drink, fine, but don't overdo it. Yes. We have a drinking problem in this country. Okay. Sorry, we have a drinking problem in this country. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, back to... Yeah. <laughs> back to what... So how did, you, how did you tell your mom that I'm leaving this company mm. and I'm going to do my own thing? How did you tell... Uh, how did she take that? Because I'm thinking mm. African parents, uh, mm. they are not that open-minded. Yeah. And apologies for using this blanket statement. Sure. But I think that's actually the reality with uh, most of, Majority. of us. Yeah. You know, uh, so how did, how did they take it when you told them that I'm going to do my own thing? I'm not doing a 9 to 5. Mm. I'm going to Join make you. websites for people who can pay me. Mm. 40,000, but I'm going to charge 1.2. How, how did she take it when you said that? Leon, it was quite um, an emotional time of my life. Um, and I'm always careful on how to say this thing, especially in public, because okay. it involves my immediate family, as well from the side Yara, Morocco. Yeah. Um, I told my my parents, I told my mom and told my dad. My dad was chilled about it. He didn't have a problem because he did the same thing. Mm. He was like, ah, oh, copy and paste. Mm. <laughs> but my mom didn't take it um, nicely at first. Mm. At first because she raised this boy who did very well, never got into trouble in school, never, you know, passed. Everything on record time, even earlier. Yeah. I finished school earlier. I finished when I was 17. I finished, yeah. Like a lot of things I did earlier. And <clears throat> now this boy just got a job and it's well paying job now. Moved from internship now. I'm entering into as a junior. Yeah. You know, from 5,000 to 12.5 now. Yeah. You know. And this boy just wants to quit and, and go yeah. into. Eh, it was, yeah, you can imagine as a parent, like, mm -hmm. when I, Linda, I think, Linda, it would put me off guard at some point. No, uh, I think it actually goes back to, given the history of South Africa, where Africans couldn't get into certain fields sure. back in the days, I think they see us as the generation that we can become doctors, can become lawyers, you know, where the sky is the limit for us. Mm -hmm. So I think in their mind, they're expecting my, they've got these expectations that my child can go far mm -hmm. in a corporate. Sure, sure. So that's why it's a disappointment. And it, 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 it hit her hard um, mm -hmm. because I think, you know, they're looking at, look, I'm going to retire soon. And this one was the hope mm -hmm. of the family. My sister didn't do well, yeah. and I'm the last hope. Yeah. And now this boy is gonna go into an unknown environment yeah. where you're not sure you're gonna get money. Yeah. You're gonna hustle. Yeah. I I felt for her as well, yeah. but I couldn't resist the urge of listening to what God wanted me to do. Yeah. Um. So she was not really happy about it in the first, but she supported me even when she was in pain. Yeah. To a point where my family from the Ramrapa side, some of them they distanced themselves from me. Yeah. They shouted at me, they insulted me, and like, why could you do this to your mom? Why, you know, all those things? Because they didn't understand what I wanted to do. I was not built that way. I was not built to work for someone. Mm. I was built to employ other people. Mm. They didn't understand it because it has, it has never existed in the family. And that's when I had to take a journey to understand my own as a person. Mm. And I looked into my father's side. And there was war. And that war was, where was your father all the time? Everything, everything. Mm. There were so many issues. and. I reached out to my father's side and they loved me and they taught me so much. Mm. 
all of them in the family, the entrepreneurs. Is your father still alive? My father is still alive. Mm -hmm. a small bakery there yeah. in Beggar's Fort and you know and remember my dad says something even um, while talking lightly that you know <laughs> this is a family where we drive Mercedes Benz yeah. you know and, and that for me challenged me so much that oh so basically this is a different you know environment mm. and I would encourage people to really touch base with their father's side Mm. They'll learn a lot about themselves. Mm. That's why we have Kumbule Kaya's programs mm. on TV because those people are really trying to get in touch with their father's side. Mm. Because our families have been broken by this colonial evil system mm. that dis dis that distance parents and segregated, you know, our parents. Mm. And there's a painful history of this country that we're not talking about, mm. which really needs to be spoken of frankly. And with all the emotions, and we have to cry and release everything because this the, the thing of segregation of taking a person from Limpopo, bring them to Gauteng, and taking another one from Kisa and put them in Gauteng, and they are different. And the next thing they meet here, they make kids here, and then they leave their wives, they leave their husbands there. It's a very painful history of this mm. country. The black family unit has been destroyed. Mm. And I think that we need to be having such frank conversations around what colonization did. Mm. and what apartheid did as well. Those two institutions really killed our, you know, people, our black people. Mm. That's why men are killing, are killing themselves, are killing even their loved ones. There's a serious and deep thing that really happened in this country and we haven't addressed it. Mm. It's going to take spiritual healing, mm. not physical, not economics. It's going to take physical healing to heal. And because men feel that they can't provide and stuff like that. Mm. This is a very painful thing. I don't want to talk about that, but mm. I was just saying that I went into that journey of discovering who I am mm. as a person and discovering some of these things that I didn't understand about myself. Mm. Why am I so crazy enough to leave a well-paying job where mm. I could be a top executive in an IT company, big IT company, mm. and now to Go to your Go own thing. No guaranteed income. No guaranteed income. Month mm. end, I have to patch and do all those type of things. Mm. And that was crazy. Worst thing is, Leon, when I left my job, I had opened a a, a loan with FNB. Okay, oh, I say, please don't let it be a clothing account in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a personal loan with FNB for. Did you so that I can build my uh, my mom a house. Oh, okay. And that thing dragged for so long. Mm. It took time to pay that thing. Yes. There were lawyers involved and whatnot. I had to pay from paying one point five a month to paying three hundred. Sometimes mm. I pay one fifty. It was mm. a, a very painful. I don't know how many years. I think it took me three or something years mm. to pay it off. Mm. That thing, you know, really, yeah. That's why I told myself that whenever yeah. I buy anything, I buy cash. Yeah. So even with my cars, every mm. car that I bought was cash. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't like uh, credit. That's how sentimental I have, I have towards credit. You know. Mm. Um, but look, um, I think I turned out great. I think yes. I turned out. No, it turned out good. It turned out well. If we were to do a movie, well, it's still going on. It's still that. going on, yes. and I think my mom is is is, is happy, isn't it? And place. Uh, how 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 was the relationship after that with her? It was quite good because my mom then supported me mm. um, throughout. So she came around to understand. Yeah, she understand the type of a person I am. And now when I was starting to appear on media and do mm. interviews, you know, even the other family members started like, oh, actually, this is what you are trying to do. Mm. This is what you're doing. And now I'm, they understand the vision. Yeah. Because it's, it's quite tough, and I, and I must admit that mm. people, when, when you start, people don't really understand what you're trying to do. Mm. And they will dismiss what you're doing and say what you're saying to them, mm -hmm. because they don't understand what's in your head. Mm. But practicalize it. Make it practical for them. Mm. Make it clear for them. So mm. they start supporting you, start mm. being there for you. Mm. Perfectly came around, and mm. they, they, they really came through for me.
Uh, just to put something out there, this is not about you, it's a bit about me though. Mm. Uh, one advantage, uh, there was a time that I came and I stayed with you, I think for a week or a month, I forgot. Mm. 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 But one of the advantages that, um, privilege, let's just call it privilege, that you have uh, being in uh, Pretoria, mm. now home, home is in Limpopo, that's mm. home. Yeah. So with me is I have to pay for a place to stay. Mm. So I didn't have that privilege as well. Sure. Some of the people don't have that privilege. Sure. Sure. So sure. someone in Soweto, mm. if they are staying at home, because mm. uh, I don't understand why people are in such a rush to move out of home. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you want to start a business, the best thing to do is to stay at home. Sure. You know, sure. you know you, you're not paying for a place somewhere in mm. Centen, wherever, you know, you're not Definitely. paying. You, you hustling well, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I was just putting that out there. <laughs> and it's an important thing because I started my business at home, you know. Yes. Um, if then, you didn't have that home. Now, that's another disadvantage. Yes. Yeah, disadvantage. But um, the other room I tempted into, you know, a office. workspace. Yeah, yes. office space. So I had a partner called Timelo who'd drive from um, Tembisa, mm. come to my place, you know, and we'd work from <laughs> my mm. office there. Yes. Um, interesting thing, I mean, even when COVID hit, I didn't feel like we were at a loss. I mean, we closed our office and people started working from home. Oh, okay. And I taught them the culture of working from home, mm. that you can have discipline. It's about productivity. It's about productivity. And if mm. you have internet, if you have good internet, you have a good phone, you have a good laptop, I mean, you that's could right. get the work done. Definitely. And, and I think that's some things that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are missing out on. They don't really understand that these are the important things that you could you know, uh, do. And I think the, the, the pandemic mm. really helped us to sharpen our our businesses a bit, you mm. know. Um, I had I had more business in, in the pandemic. Mm. <laughs> you know? yes. I did a lot of things in the pandemic and I know it affected my business as well, but mm. I, I know I lost a lot of business because I lost clients, because yes. clients closed down. Yes. You know, big companies closed down, guys. Uh, the pandemic was not nice, but um, I, I, I surfed, you know, in the waters. And what would you say were your highs in business? Oof. Dude, I, I, like, I, I take small things mm. big. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I maximize on small things. What, what has been the biggest thing, though, like, yeah. the biggest achievement, which if you had to list, you'd you know, say this is the biggest thing that I've ever... I think working for World Bank, mm -hmm. when they were establishing the Climate Innovation uh, Center in the country. Mm -hmm. And that for me was the highlight of, that's when I said, hmm, there are people who should recognize that I, you know, yes. that actually there's something that I'm doing, you know, in, mm -hmm. in the space of branding, design, digital marketing and stuff yes. like that. And maybe I think you should call me for a digital marketing. Uh, yeah, we're, and, we're actually going to, we're actually going to do Good. that. We're going Good. to actually have an educate, uh, educational episode. Sure. Uh, on branding and marketing, which is something that you do, definitely, yeah, definitely. for people out there businesses. That would be happy to share this. Yeah, so so basically, I mean, I think that was the biggest highlight of of, mm. of you know my business life, and yeah, there's so many things that I've done, but also, but I think the biggest thing is like, which I think is this like it's small but big, mm -hmm. that you know when you pay people salaries, mm -hmm. and they go home. And maybe one or two of them, they have kids, mm. and they are able to buy food for their kids and take them to the mall and do mm. like that. For me, is like ooh, life changing, yeah. bro. Like, like shucks, man. If yes. I feed one mouth, that mouth is gonna feed more, four mm. or five. Because you know how our families are in black communities. Mm. You know? They they share and then they are at home. You know? mm. We share that stuff that we get. Doesn't that also scare you because? Uh, you hold other people's you hopes, livelihood in your hands. If you mess up in business, yeah, yeah. That, don't you have that, that pleasure? That for me is that's the pleasure, yeah. and it's exciting, it's thrilling, but it's so beautiful. Mm. It's fulfilling. I mm. tell you, Leon. If you have to employ people mm. and they depend on you to for salary, and they look at you, mm. that who are we making money this month? Mm. Are we having salaries this month, Leon? It's best feeling ever. It's mm. thrilling, it's challenging, it's mm. pressure on you, but I'm telling you it's worthwhile. It's worth everything. Mm. And I'll, I'll, I tell you this because I experienced that. You know, some of the time, there was a time where business was very bad. 
Mm. Right? They wanted to close the office. Mm. I had to cry, bruh. Mm. I had to cry and I had to make ends meet, mm. you know, and come through for the team, mm. you know. There were times where things were very tough, but you know, that is the thrilling part about business. And I, and I want people who are really geared for this thing called entrepreneurship to really don't lose hope and mm. push as much as you can. Mm. Okay. And what was the low? What would you say that uh, moment was the low when things were bad? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, getting to your office in the morning and not me getting and then they, you know, you have your employees telling you that they locked the office. Mm. And you're on your way to work. Shucks, mm. That was so devastating, bro. Mm. Like you feel like you have let these people down. Not only these people, but their families down. Mm. That was the lowest point of my life. You know. Um, and you know something interesting, Leon, is that in life, that when you are at the your lowest, and that's when you are closer to your victory. Mm. I tell you, my friend. When you are at that point where everything seems so dark, dull, and no hope, that's when you are close and don't lose hope at that point. Mm. Because if you dare lose hope, you'll, be fi you'll find yourself actually, you were just close. Mm. You were very, very, very close. Because a month later, not even a month, a week later, mm. that's when I got a big contract. Mm. Big contract. You know, things just changed, just like that. Changed. Like, you know, and we lose hope a lot of yeah. times, you know, yeah. because we've been through so much, the pain yeah. is too much, I understand, yeah. but don't lose hope, yeah. don't lose hope. Okay, uh, at that moment when things were bad, yeah. uh, did you get people who were maybe not supportive saying yes, we told him it wouldn't work out, you know, where did yeah. you get such uh, people, maybe some people in family who were doubting that, who doubted, the part you took, did you get some of those people, friends, mm -hmm. colleagues who you studied with who were like, but we told you this is not going to work out? Not really, hey. Mm -hmm. I think I, I'm, I'm appreciative of my family and friends and, you know, mm -hmm. you know, relatives who then became very supportive, you know. I mm -hmm. think if it went for them, I would have lost my mind, I think, as well. But, you know, um, we can lose it all, but mm -hmm. we, if we have people who support you, and who believe in you so much and I will encourage a lot of our families to really support entrepreneurs. Mm. If our government has failed, let's get our families to support us. That's what this podcast is there to do, it's just a way to also you know, get more people into entrepreneurship. That's why we will be doing our educational episode sure. to teach people about branding and marketing when they start their companies. Uh, just on the final note, uh, Tavan. With all the issues that we have, the high unemployment we have, what do you think are some of the solutions? If we could make you president for a day, <laughs> don't make <me. laughs> okay. you for twenty-four hours, <laughs> yeah? for twenty-four hours. Uh, but uh, what changes would you make in the small business sector, or just overall, just to yeah deal with this whole unemployment sure. that we have it's in a this big country? Responsibility, and I think the president is really dealing with a lot. Mm -hmm. But one thing uh, for sure is the the system is corrupt mm. from government. Procurement systems are corrupt. They are this the system is corrupted and, and I think we need to I know where the system is corrupt mm. and I think we, we, there's a way of fixing that system. Mm. Because the biggest business that any person in business can get for mm. is from government. Let's not deceive each other. Yeah. There are a few instances where you have Facebook that does not depend on government. Yeah. But even Facebook has funding from government and all those guys. Yeah. But if we were to be honest and say we want to fix the system so that everyone benefits, we need to fix procurement systems in government. Yeah. Number two, in business, in big businesses, we need to fix that. We need to fix procurement in, in, in that. A lot of great entrepreneurs start their business, they, they are qualified, they are ready to service mm. businesses. For instance, if you have, you know, a network company, mm -hmm. you know, you could get a company, a small company that can manufacture SIM cards. Mm. You know, why aren't we having such? I mean, why is mm. it still belonging to some elite? You mm. know, and, and, and I think those are some of the 
the basic things that you could really fix in, in that procurement. Mm -hmm. So um, enterprise development, mm -hmm. uh, you know, departments in, in companies, mm -hmm. that's where I would be like fixing hard. Because mm -hmm. I know that if we give big business as a government to, to this um, big businesses, big mm -hmm. companies, co corporates, then we need to take the small businesses to eat from this uh, big businesses mm -hmm. and have get a lot of business from there. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes easier that way. So I, I think um, having an open market, free mm -hmm. market system, don't let's cut out the red, red tapes and all these bureaucracies and all the nonsense that is really happening where the, you, are, you are limited because now you you haven't been in business because of how many times you want to do you want the product, you want the service or you want my experience? Mm. You want uh, that how many years I've been in the business or do you want or do you want a service? If I can render the service and I can prove that I can render the service, then mm -hmm. stop it. Give me the business. Mm. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> Mr. President, mm -hmm. uh, that's if you are still in that position. One thing I would also suggest, one thing that I think would also have to change maybe, uh, data is so expensive. I think, yeah. you know what, if data was cheaper than what it is, you would get a lot of new people coming into mm -hmm. these in, in different industries. I mean, mm -hmm. podcasts like mm -hmm. this, people would actually be on the internet 24-7. Sure. You would actually oh, maybe even have your own news, sta news station sure. or your own channel 24 hours on YouTube. You know, so yeah, that's just one my thought on that. You know. Yeah, I, I think um, the tech space. Mm. I mean, it's 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 open for people to get in. Unfortunately, there's so many limits. There's infrastructure in limits. Mm -hmm. We have horrible network in this country, mm. by the way. So infrastructure is horrible. We we can't even run Zoom meetings properly without yes. any disturbance. And I think those are some of the challenges that we we have. Yeah. Yes, uh, thank you for coming on the show, Tavang. It's been a pleasure having you. We're still going so to do that episode on uh, marketing and branding. Definitely. I'll, I'll jump in. Thank, thank you. Cool. Cheers. Bye.